from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News Service. It's for week commencing January 29, 2017. Outback workers fight ABC shortwave radio decision. The Guardian newspaper reports on the campaign against ABC's decision to end shortwave broadcasts. For some people living and working in the outback, shortwave is the only way they can listen to their ABC. People that live out in contracting camps or mustering stock camps or outstations and even a lot of the people who live in the bush on cattle stations spend probably 100% of their waking hours out on the land and have very minimal contact with other human beings, says Tracy Hayes, the Chief Executive of the Northern Territory Cattlemen's Association. You can imagine just how isolating that would be without having access to the outside world via radio during the day while you're out in the workplace. But I don't think the ABC took that into consideration. Mike Mason, the ABC's Director of Radio, said in December the broadcaster would service the limited audience of shortwave radio through modern technology instead. The ABC has largely dismissed the backlash, with the Managing Director, Michelle Guthrie, claiming just a handful of complaints have been made and many of them were from ham radio enthusiasts. I hope that all who will attend the upcoming CCARC Wyong Field Day on the 26th of February will enjoy their time there. As well as traders and exhibitors, this year has a very extensive and impressive range of lectures. So many that two lecture rooms will be in use during the event. You will need to plan your day not to miss lectures of particular interest to you. The range and variety of lectures goes from drone racing to working satellites, from WRTC 2018 to the IARU, from the Raspberry Pi to Web SDRs and many more. One very special lecture is the senior HF radio scientist, Dr Vikal Kumar, presenting a lecture on HF-related services offered by the Australian Government, along with Dr Murray Parkinson from the Bureau of Meteorology, Space Weather Services. For a list of lectures, please check the show notes of this broadcast on the WIA website, or for all details of the field day, and the full address of the event, please go to fieldday.org.au. That's fieldday as all one word, dot o-r-g dot a-u. For those looking to get or upgrade a licence, both Australian and American licence tests will be available at the field day, and a foundation licence course is being run the day before the field day, Saturday the 25th of February, at the CCARC Club Rooms. Bookings for the course and the tests are essential. Check the website for full details. For the Central Coast ARC, this is Ed, DD5LP, VK2JI. Good morning. This is Grant, VK5GR, with an update on the Project Horus high-altitude balloon launch activities that the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group has been undertaking over the last two months. The group has been exceedingly busy since November, since the development of our new high-speed digital downlink system for the balloons. With data transmission now possible at 115 kilobits a second instead of 100 bits per second, the last few launches have brought the ability to see what the balloon can see whilst it's still in flight. Last weekend, this culminated in what was one of the most complex launch campaigns undertaken by the group in its seven-year history. Two balloons were launched simultaneously from two separate launch sites, carrying visible and infrared cameras. 
This was part of GIS imaging experiments being conducted for the International Space University's Southern Hemisphere Space Studies Program, a five-week summer school run by the University of South Australia. This was the second year that ARIC had been involved with this program, linking STEM, or Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics, education programs, to amateur radio. Over 40 students and a further 30-plus amateur radio operators took part in various facets of the launch, tracking and recovery program. The balloons themselves reached altitudes of 34 and 36 kilometres, or over 110,000 feet respectively. The grins on the faces of the students at the conclusion of the successful flight said it all, as they realised that science is wow and radio is magic. A full report of the weekend's activities can be found on the ARIC website. More flights are planned for this year as well. Another flight is due in February for a local Adelaide high school. ARIG is also hoping to resurrect the flying radio repeater and put it on the air again within the next six months. Stay tuned to our website for more information. 73's from Grant, VK5GR, on behalf of Project Horus and the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, and since I've been having a say here on and off, I'm here to tell you, now you get to have your say. Eagle-eyed followers of the WIA website will have noticed that two recent news items posted on the homepage lead to an invitation for all comers to provide their views on band planning and the new Charter for Volunteers. The Institute is encouraging formal consultation with members and the wider amateur radio community through the introduction of an online feedback channel on the website. The band planning consultation is about proposed changes to the digital mode segments on the HF bands from 80 metres through 10 metres. The Technical Advisory Committee is seeking feedback on the proposals from both WIA members and the amateur radio community generally. All views have equal weight, whether you are a WIA member or not. On the website homepage, look for the news item headed Band Planning Plays an Important Role. The Institute is seeking views on the Volunteer Charter announced by the Board in 2016. Developed by a small group of people, it is based on principles defined by the community-based non-government organisation Volunteering Australia. The Board reviewed the draft Volunteer Charter in October, which was then circulated to WIA committee volunteers in November for their feedback. Now revised following feedback from committee volunteers, the new draft volunteer charter is released to the amateur radio community at large for comment. You can find how to have your say on this important initiative by looking on the website homepage for the headline, Have Your Say on the Draft Volunteer Charter. As a draft of the new Radio Communications Act will be released for public comment real soon now, we are assured. When the time comes, the Spectrum Strategy Committee will be seeking feedback on the WIA's response. Keep a watch on the WIA website. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. We continue WIA board talk and WIA exams in action. Following a well-earned break for summer, the WIA Exam Service has returned to carry out its work of processing assessments, making call sign recommendations and liaising with the ACMA, which issues the licences. The WIA administers all amateur radio assessments under an agreement with the Australian Communications and Media Authority. Since the WIA began doing the assessments, there have been 5,504 foundation licence assessments for theory and the same number for assessments for practical. 
These exams require a written radio theory and regulations paper of 25 questions and a 70% pass mark, and a practical assessment requires 100%. On top of these are assessments for the standard and advanced licences that can be a 50-question theory paper, regulations paper, and if needed, a practical test. The WIA exam service handles assessment packs requested through a network of trained and accredited assessors, with about 70 radio clubs running training courses for the foundation licence. An average of 1,200 exam packs are ordered a year, and in 2016 there were 1,146 call signs recommended. The WIA pays credit to the dedicated network of volunteers with 24 nominated assessors, 217 assessors in all states and territories, and 48 learning facilitators. Let's look at the WIA Journal, Amateur Radio Magazine. On the front of the January-February edition is Melbourne QRP by the Bay at Chelsea Beach, while inside Peter Parker, VK3YE, reports on being a success for QRPers and home brewers. The WIA comment by President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, looks at the WIA board changes, the unsuccessful call for a general meeting and the election of all seven directors. He concludes that only a strong WIA can properly represent the interests of radio amateurs to the government and industry, continue licensing new amateurs and support the radio amateur community in many diverse ways. Is a product review... Peter Hartfield, VK3PH, looks at the FT2D 144-430MHz handheld, which has GPS, APRS, YSX and C4FM digital. The Fixed Maestro Software Defined Radio Review is by Brian Morgan, VK7RR, while Home Brewer, Drew Diamond, VK3XU, has a Class D 100W AM transmitter for 7MHz. At the other end of the spectrum is the Norfolk Island Microwave Jaunt, written by Keith Gurley, VK5OQ, and Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, and includes the 10 GHz record achieved. Amateur Radio Magazine is a WIA membership service founded in 1933 and the only Australian magazine dedicated to the hobby. This is Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1WIA. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Ofcom call sign change policy. Ofcom have said that a UK radio amateur can apply for a different call sign if they change gender. Up until the summer of 2015, Ofcom permitted radio amateurs to change their call sign. Amateurs have used this to adopt the call sign of a deceased relative or defunct radio club. The policy was changed suddenly and the call sign transfers stopped even those which were in progress. It now seems there is a welcome degree of flexibility for those amateurs who have changed gender. In a recent response to a radio amateur, Ofcom issued this clarification of their policy. We assign each amateur radio station a unique identifier, its call sign. This helps us to meet our obligations under the radio regulations which require stations to be clearly identifiable and which expressly prohibit misleading identities. In order for a station's identity to remain unique, these call signs may not be changed. 
other than in truly exceptional circumstances. This might be because a licensee has changed gender or has acquired a physical or mental impairment that prevents him or her from using the original call sign. These cases are, however, rare. IARU campaign to globalise 50 MHz The European Conference of Postal and Telecommunications Administrations, or SEPT, preparatory group project team met on January 10 through to 12 in Finland to discuss the agenda for the World Radio Communications Conference to be held in 2019. This included WRC 19 Agenda Item 1.1 that calls for a worldwide allocation at 50 to 54 megahertz or 6 metres. Already with that allocation are the land mobile, radio location and broadcasting services and future uses of adjacent spectrum is also likely. A preliminary SEPT position was in support of a new 6 metre allocation in Region 1 that covers Europe, Africa, the Middle East and Northern Asia, but only if the amateur radio spectrum needs are justified and supported by frequency sharing studies. The IARU frequency sharing studies will give protection to those with that allocation. Another area of interest at the SEPT meeting was wireless power transmission. This technology gives electric power wirelessly, particularly to electric cars, and typically uses frequencies in the low frequency and medium frequency range. The IARU, through its organised network, is keeping a watch on any developments that may affect both the amateur service and the amateur satellite service. The Wireless Institute of Australia, like all IARU member societies, funds the IARU through its membership subscription revenue. CIA documents about ham radio declassified online. CIA reports about ham radio in the former Soviet Union, including the Baltic states and Warsaw Pact member countries, have been declassified to a new online search engine. The documents include translations and assessments of amateur radio clubs, training, monitoring Sputniks, technology and equipment and even QSL cards. All the documents have been declassified and made available to the public for the first time in this Internet archive. Some were previously available in a closed system at the U.S. National Archives. Two separate lithium-ion battery faults caused phone fires. Samsung have blamed faulty battery supplies as the cause of fires in its Note 7 phone that were last year recalled, banned on flights and then withdrawn from service. The company found that originally batteries it had been supplied did not fit correctly, causing some fires. Then, replacement batteries from another supplier also had manufacturing faults that caused further fires. Samsung have taken full responsibility for the failure of battery design and manufacturing and now changed its procedures. Lithium-ion batteries power many devices in modern-day life because of their capacity and size, but a minor manufacturing fault can lead to a short circuit and fire. In Sydney, for the WIA National News Service, I'm Jason VK2LAW, leaving you this week with a trip to the wild west of old. There's nothing like classic American cowboy fiction, except perhaps a ham radio event honoring one of the genre's masters. For those details, we turn to amateur radio newsline's Mike Askins, KE5CXP. When it comes to classic fiction... You can't get drama more Western than Zane Grey. The master novelist brought the romance of American cowboy life to generations of readers as he spun his novels, 26 of which are set at least partly in Arizona. Perhaps his most famous is Riders of the Purple Sage, published in 1912. 
A different kind of Western drama will unfold starting January 28 inside the now historic Zane Gray Cabin, where he lived and wrote in Payson, Arizona. Members of the Tonto Amateur Radio Association will be on the HF bands as special event station K7Z, marking the novelist's birthday. Hams will operate from the cabin itself on Saturday, January 28th, and Tuesday, January 31st, as well as their own QTHs. Event organizer Bruce Spurka, AD7MM, said that his wife Marilyn, KI7DLK, is a volunteer at the Rim County Museum next door to the cabin, and the museum agreed to co-sponsor the event. He said it was unnatural to incorporate January 31st, the author's birthday, into the activity, and that Bruce Johnson, N7DDT, president of the Ham Club, was excited that the event could also raise radio's public profile. Despite temperatures inside the cabin expected to reach as low as 30 degrees Fahrenheit this time of year, the club is prepared to give a warm welcome to visitors. Who knows? What they see in here may feel a little like the same kind of high adventure of a Zane Gray cowboy novel. Radio style, partner. I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. News, talk, and radio sport. Here with VK1 WIA. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a reminder about some of the HF UHF field day logs. Yes, folks, if you took part in the 2017 Summer VHF UHF Field Day two weeks ago, the deadline for submitting logs is tomorrow, midnight, Monday, 30th January. You can upload your logs via the VHF UHF Field Day website page. No matter if you only managed a few contacts or went the whole hog and racked up a few hundred, get those logs in. I'll be watching. Ham Radio Operational News, it's Contact Sport. I'm Felix VK for FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017 RSGB 80th Commonwealth Contest 11 and 12 March for 24 hours from 10 hours GMT. Ham Radio on the Ferries 12th of March. WIA's John Wall Memorial Field Day 18th 19th March 2017. WIA's Harry Angel Memorial 80 minute sprint Saturday May 6th 10 hours to 11.46 UTC. May 13 to 15 Mills on the Air. VK Shires, June 10 and 11. Running all year till December 31, Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. An experienced group of German operators have activated TU5MH from the Ivory Coast until February 2. They have three stations on 80 metres to 10 metres CW, SSB and RIDI. An expedition by members of the Dominican Republic Club have beat Ireland on the year until the 1st of February. The call sign is HI1UD and the to reference is NA122. The QSL manager is W2CCW. Marking a major World War II event will be VI8BOD. The 75th anniversary of the bombing of Darwin is being commemorated, including the call sign VI8BOD that has been issued for a month. There were two bombing attacks on Darwin during World War II, the first from an aircraft carrier which struck Pearl Harbour in December 1941, followed two hours later by 54 land-based bombers from the Dutch East Indies. More aircraft attacked Darwin. A great tonnage of bombs was dropped, but there were no torpedoes, more ships destroyed. But the loss of 235 people lives was about 10% of that in Pearl Harbour. The attacks were not a precursor to an invasion. The objectives included demoralising the Australian war effort. 
News of the Darwin bombings was kept secret from the rest of the country as a wartime measure. Now, 75 years on, the Darwin Amateur Radio Club will help commemorate the occasion with the VI-8 BOD call sign at the Old Qantas Hangar in Parup, an inner Darwin suburb. More details will be on a later broadcast, but for now I can report that VI-8 BOD hits the airwaves from 0330 hours UTC on Saturday, February the 18th, and continues for up to a month. Hats off to Mech. Mech has told the DX community via dxnews.com that he will be active from Panama 12 to 15 February 2017 as HP-SQ3RX. He will operate on the HF band's mainly CW from Volcan City, Panama. QSL borrows home call which records his SQ3RX. And if you want to direct QSL, read this week's text edition of this, the WA National News Broadcast. 7V7V Vlad is currently active from Algeria as 7V7V. He is working on HF bands. QSL borrows home call UA4WHX. Wireless weather. Radiation clouds detected at aviation altitudes. A new study published in the peer-reviewed journal Space Weather reports the discovery of radiation clouds at aviation altitudes. When airplanes fly through these clouds, dose rates of cosmic radiation normally absorbed by air travellers can double or more. Get the full story on the web, spaceweather.com. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest group news starting with CW and how to learn Morse code semi-consciously. Scientific American magazine reports learning Morse code with its tappity-tap rhythms of dots and dashes could take far less effort and attention than one might think. The trick is a wearable computer that engages the sensory powers of touch, according to a recent pilot study. The results suggest that mobile devices may be able to teach us manual skills, almost subconsciously, as we go about our everyday routines. PhD student Caitlin Same and computer science professor Thad Starner of the Georgia Institute of Technology tinker with haptics, the integration of vibrations, or other tactile cues with computer gadgets. Last September at the 20th International Symposium on Wearable Computers in Heidelberg, Germany, they announced that they had programmed Google Glass to passively teach its wearers Morse code with preliminary signs of success. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, Galileo Satellites Experiencing Multiple Clock Failures. The onboard atomic clocks that drive the satellite navigation signals on Europe's Galileo network have been failing at an alarming rate. Across the 18 satellites now in orbit, nine clocks have stopped operating. Three are traditional rubidium devices. Six of the more precise hydrogen maser instruments that were designed to give Galileo superior performance to the American GPS network. Galileo was declared up and running in December. However, it's still short of the number of satellites considered to represent a fully functioning constellation, and a decision must now be made about whether to suspend the launch of further spacecraft while the issue is investigated. Professor Jean Warner, the Director General of the European Space Agency, told a meeting with reporters, Everybody is raising this question, should we postpone the next launch until we find the root cause, or should we launch? 
you can give both answers at the same time. You can say we wait until we find the solution, but that means if more clocks fail, we will reduce the capability of Galileo. But we may then take the risk that a systemic problem is not considered. We are right now in this discussion about what to do. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's internet, the HAMS domain, new dot radio domain. The EBU is launching a new top-level domain, dot radio, aimed at the radio community, including radio amateurs. The launch is planned for September 2017, and the EBU says this will progressively change the way people are reaching internet resources linked to radio. These categories will be accepted for the use of a dot .radio domain. Radio hams, radio broadcasting stations, unions of broadcasters, internet radios, radio professionals like journalists, radio hosts and DJs, etc. Radio-related companies selling radio goods and services. Looking forward to seeing a lot of VK something something dot radios out there soon. Worldwide special interest groups, QRP and weak signal communication and the world's smallest HF transmitter. Keychain QRP of the United States has a micro-sized CW transmitter that can be operated on the HF bands. The transmitter can also accommodate the SWR problem of a poorly matched antenna wire. It puts out up to 160 milliwatts with a 9-volt battery and has a built-in LED battery indicator. Now to rescue radio. Shortage of hams, a significant gap in disaster response. During a Canadian disaster training event called Exercise Coastal Response, it was clear that having more ham radio operators would help the community. Protective Services Coordinator for the Strathcona Regional District in British Columbia, Sean Koopman, says one way to bounce back from a major disaster like the overdue earthquake was to have more radio amateurs. People figure that with all the technology available, communications is easier. They think radio has become obsolete. But he says in the event of a major emergency, we still go back to radio. In a major event, there may not be internet or mobile phones and, of course, popular platforms like Twitter or Facebook. The regional district is concerned enough to hold ham training courses and will help anyone wanting to get their ticket, whether or not they want to join in the emergency preparedness. Now, VK1 email news are reporting on the Brindabella Motorsports Club. At last Saturday night's BMSC Award Evening, Weiss and ACT was awarded the Beb Fox Official of the Year Award. BMSC will attend Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club's AGM next month to present the award, and well done to the Weissen team and all involved. Rewind, a look back on our history. Retro Receiver Review, the Yaesu FR101S. Over the past 12 months, VK2HBT has been blog reflecting on some of the great shortwave receivers of the past. A few of these rigs are well known, but some are not and rarely found these days. The series of eight articles written so far for Mount Evelyn DX Report have proven popular amongst hams and SWLs. This month, it's a look at the Yaesu FR101S boat anchor, an all-solid-state receiver released around 1974. If you're fascinated by old rigs, their history and design, then this would be a great article to read over a coffee in Lamington at the workbench this weekend. I'm Brian, VK3GR. I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is The Social Scene, then we're out of here, but we will leave you this week with the final final from WIA Director Roger Harrison. But first, The Social Scene, 2017, Feb 4 in VK3, Melbourne, QRP by the Bay, 3pm Victory Park at Chelsea. 
February 19 in VK3, Hamfest, the Western and Northern District Amateur Radio Club, Werribee Masonic Centre, 223 Watton Street, Werribee. February 26, the Central Coast Field Day at Wyong. March 26 in VK3, EMDRC's Hamfest, the Great Ryrie Primary School at Heathmont. April 28 to May 1 in VK4, it's the Clareview Gathering. May 19, right across VK, being held in VK5, it's the WIA's AGM at Harndorf, just some 25 kilometres from Adelaide. And June 10 to 11 in VK5, SERG Annual Convention, the VK Fox Hunting Championships. Southeast Radio Group's Annual Convention and Australian Fox Hunting Championships will be held Saturday the 10th and Sunday the 11th of June 2017. Now this is the Queen's Birthday Weekend in some states. The location is the Mount Gambier Scout Group Headquarters, Margaret Street, Mount Gambier, South Australia. Full details will be available on the SERG website in April. Expect a similar set of activities and events to previous years, culminating with the convention dinner on Sunday evening. Now... Walk softly, I'm Graham VK4BB, with the final final, here's Roger VK2ZRH. And I've just discovered that the New Year season is almost done. Many listeners may recall that in January last year, I introduced a project called Bring Them Back. With the strains of old Lang Syne resounding in our ears, if each of us who have been in the hobby for some time took the opportunity, wherever it arose, to encourage a lapsed amateur to return to the hobby, the number of licensees would increase and so would the number of those active on the air. If you think about it, there are many situations where you know or discover a colleague or acquaintance once held a call sign. They may well be amenable to being encouraged to return to amateur radio. There are many situations where individuals may have let their interest in amateur radio lie dormant, work and family commitments for example. Look out for the opportunities to recruit those one-time amateurs. You'll be doing something positive for the hobby. Make Bring Them Back a permanent project. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1 WIA News. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.